movie marathoners, and welcome to the Movie Marathoners Sundance 5K series, a series of short episodes centered on the films released at the 2021 Sundance Film Festival. I'm your host, Mati, and in this episode, I'm joined by film critic Chris Harder, aka Alsacan, on Twitch. And we're reviewing Wild Indian. We literally just saw it, so these are our fresh, fresh takes. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Pretty good. How's your festival been? Mine's been pretty awesome. Mine has been awesome as well. Uh, you know, just laying in bed, uh, eating and drinking, watching movies. <laughs> Can't really get any better than that. Not too different from a regular weekend, to be honest, but yeah, really. these are new movies, so it's exciting. Well, let's just get straight into it. And just as a reminder, every Sundance 5K series episode will be completely spoiler free. So first, a synopsis of Wild Indian. Two men are inextricably bound together after covering up the savage murder of a schoolmate. After years of separation following wildly divergent paths, they must confront how their traumatic secret has irreve- has irre- I don't know that word. <laughs> has irrevocably shaped their lives. Wild Indian stars Michael Grayeyes, Chask Spencer, and Jesse Eisenberg, kinda. It is written and directed by Lyle Mitchell Corbin Jr. All right, Chris, million dollar question right off the bat instant thoughts on wild indian <laughs> yeah i mean it's hard right to just jump on and, and talk about something uh right yeah. away <laughs> right after seeing it um but it, it's also kind of cool it because you get that more immediate reaction right um yeah. i liked it i did i i actually quite liked it it wasn't what i was expecting based on the synopsis no uh, the synopsis I, is very misleading yeah it's very misleading it it, 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 it struck a lot of surprises for me. And yeah, I, I ended up really liking it. What about you? I agree. You know, there's I, the opening part, which you kind of get like a uh, uh, in the 80s when they're kids part. I wasn't really vibing with too hard. I found that a little bit. I don't know. I just like the kids weren't great actors and it's tough when you have kid actors. But that part didn't right. really hook me. But then the second that we hop into whatever year this takes place in, probably 2020 or 2019, that whole rest of the film is really captivating. And I really like the performances from Michael Grayeyes, but specifically Chask Spencer as, uh, what's his name? Teto? Teto, um, yeah. Yeah, really great performance from him. Yes, uh, that I did I did scribble down a few notes. You know, I tried to balance out the note taking with the the movie watching, uh, you <laughs> know, as we go along on these. Uh, but I did I did uh, write that down with with Chas. I think you're right. Chasky Spencer um, oh. had never seen him before in anything that I that I recall. Uh, incredible. I thought incredible. You haven't seen the Twilight movies then? Because no, he's I have a not star seen of the Twilight that. movies. <laughs> OK, OK. Yeah, no, I have not. Yeah, I, we looked it up on IMDb. I don't for the life of me remember which of the like 12 werewolves he is, but he's one of the werewolves. Um, but just, okay. just a really great performance, I thought. Um, what is the kind of takeaway that you got from this film, the, the overall takeaway, if there was one? Uh, it, it's complex. It, it, there's a lot going on in here. And, and I think that goes back. It's hard to actually talk about it without spoiling. I mean, so yeah. we have a no, you have a no spoilers on this one. I do think that's rough with the, with this. Cause you really don't want to spoil it. Cause I think that's a big part of, uh, how, what makes it work in the end is, uh, the, it really is like a slow burn ten, it, tension. He's really good at building that tension in the story. And I think in the end, that's, that, that's what I really enjoyed about watching it. 
as I go and recall it and think about it, I, I do think the characters, and especially Michael Gray Eyes, uh, he has a very subtle, uh, sometimes terrifying uh, performance in this that, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, I haven't seen him in a lot of things, but anytime I do, I really like him. Uh, the, the most prominent one was that, uh, that A24 distributed movie was, uh, I am blanking on it. Uh, woman walks ahead. He plays sitting bull. I, I don't know that many people have actually seen that movie, but he, I haven't he even plays, heard of that. Yeah, I know. It's, it's kind of under the radar. It, it's a little mid I would say, but mm-hmm. his performance in that is great. And, uh, I think his performance in this is great as well. He's terrifying in this movie and, uh, <laughs> really gives the title of the film justification i would say like (laughs) just pretty scary stuff that this guy's doing and what i really like about it is that it does play into the whole film in general and sort of the depictions of these different characters it plays into the ideas of perception and appearance and what you might expect when you hear the title wild indian um Mm -hmm. you know it is really aware of stereotypes of not just like native american uh, portrayal but also just what you expect from a villainous character or a character that you're rooting for. And it really plays with those, I think is probably the best way to say that without spoiling anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It it's, it's an interesting choice to uh, for him to be the protagonist. I, I mean, he yeah. is the protagonist of the film. And uh, I think, I think, you know, this film went through a direct, he went through a screenwriter's lab, the, direct, the writer and director went through a screenwriter's lab for Sundance, director's lab with Sundance. And um, I have to believe that people told him that, you know, you have to be really careful with protagonists like this because uh, you, you could lose your audience for him, you know, whatever his struggle is. And, and, but I think he does it. I think he gets it, especially by the end, which, you know, we obviously can't say too much about, but it's a very complex character. And I, and I noticed what you, what you said about the um, sort of like legacy or, or lineage I wrote down. And uh, there's a lot of motif on like tattoos and skin and scars mm-hmm. and those sorts of things, um, which I think play into a lot of our perceptions and, and expectations on what, you know, a native story is. And, I, and there's a lot of, he's doing a lot with that. And it's very interesting. And I, I, I liked that a lot. Yeah, definitely one of the things that's also really great about this film is that it's just it just has Native American actors and actresses playing people instead of playing Native Americans, you know, and right. I, I think as a society, we've gotten to the point of, you know, having Native American actors not just playing like the savage, quote unquote, Indian and like the the old Westerns and stuff like that. But even so, you still get a lot of performances like Westworld where they're more complex, sure, but they're still playing like a Native American character. And in this right. char- in this movie, they're just they're playing people that happen to be Native Americans. And I think that's really important and really just refreshing for this film. I totally agree. It it, it they are they're just people uh, through time, and and mm-hmm. it's it, and I think the time is a very important part of that. And you know, it goes it there's a sort of book ending, and it it goes from you know when they're children to when they're adults and, and time and, and that that legacy or lineage or lineage i think is is important there and yeah i, I it is hard to talk about without spoiling <laughs> it because it, it it there's tension here and um some really uh really scary stuff i would say but it all goes back to 
the people, like you said, the people and, and, and their experiences, you know, over, over time. It's great. And I think what's really cool too is that Lyle Mitchell Corbin Jr., he plays with this idea of having a protagonist and having a protagonist that you want to root for. And I don't know about you, but I I mean, I certainly sympathize with the protagonist, but I wasn't ever really rooting for him. And I think there were many moments in the film where I was like, I want to root for you. I want you to show me that I can root for you. And then he continues to not. And I think it kind of plays back into that perception of what this character is, what this character looks like compared to other depictions of this character or compared to depictions of other characters in the film. And I think that part is really smart that this is kind of all just a commentary on what we expect from certain people and what we expect them to look like. I I don't know. It's not like a beat you over the head assessment of it, but it it just kind of lets you live in that and makes you realize those things on your own. Right. And it's alluded to very early in the film, so I hope it's okay to say, but it yeah. it is sort of a Cain and Abel story. And, and they do mention that. And, and it's two characters' mm. types uh, diverging. And uh, I think just the idea that they're breaking expectations of, you know, um, especially where they go. And you think you know one and they turn into another and you think you know the other and they turn into another. And the that, that piece of time definitely shows complexity and and it through experience i think yeah which was the most important part for me i will say that the film is really short and sometimes i was like i could use more i could use more going on either that or a little more information on what happened to the teto character or why the michael gray eyes character is doing some of the things that he's doing and I, mm-hmm. I do feel like this is definitely, I don't know if it is. Do you know if this is a directorial debut? It is, I, I believe so. But he had two shorts at Sundance. Okay. And I, I don't actually know if those um, were sort of like, sh- those uh, were short to feature something that, that, uh, uh, with this. So that there would be like short versions of something coming into this. I don't know, because I never actually saw them. So, mm. but yeah, I, I agree with that. And the pacing... The, it has very good pacing. I th- I think it it might be a little slow. Like I said, it, it is like a slow burn. Yeah. Um, he has a style too, where you know everything kind of feels like on a tripod. <laughs> you know, it's very much just like <laughs> yeah. shot composition and uh, you know shot reversal that sort of stuff. Um, and, and all of the tension is really in the characters. And like you said, sometimes you have to assume. Uh, that you you might have to put some assumptions on what they're going through because their their struggles, whatever they may be, are very internal, mm-hmm. um, and and that can sort of uh, affect the pace. I think, at least for part of it. Then there's sort of a turn. It, there is a plot, though. I want to make sure we we say that there is a definite plot, and uh, there is a, a good turn at one point, and I really feel it it goes from there. Oh yeah, there's a jarring moment, and there's a couple of them where you're just like, holy right. shit which I wasn't really expecting, especially because most of this film is pretty quiet. And I mean, uneventful sounds like a negative thing. It's not. It's just kind of true. There's not a lot happening, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, where this film goes is definitely um, propelling. And then at the end, it sort of just ends really quickly, I thought. Right. Um, sort of purposefully, I think. But mm-hmm. also... I just we like I, I would have kept watching this and these characters right. in this world. 
Yeah, it feels like a uh, short story movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, very if, first featurey, I, I would say. Yeah, it feels like a short story movie. And, and that's not a knock against it at all. I mean, it, it just has a it has a style and it has a way that it wants to release its information to you. And um, it doesn't want to tell you too much. It wants you to put some of your own ideas, I think, onto the characters or, or connect those dots. It doesn't want to spoon feed anything. There really isn't, there is flat. It starts more or less with flashbacks, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it that's kind of your exposition. And there's a huge gap and they never really do any uh, exposition after that <laughs> about what <laughs> happened in that gap. It's very much, it picks right up. Uh, so maybe, it, maybe that's just kind of like picking up on its emotional. It ends, it ended one way and, and, and it picks right up in the emotions that propel it forward uh, between these two characters. Cause they have a very complex relationship and uh, you know, it, it goes, it goes a certain way. We can't say. I feel like a longer film would definitely have done more flashbacks in the middle. And this mm-hmm. would have been a more, you know, maybe not birth to death kind of thing, but definitely it would have felt like a cumulative story of this guy's life or something. And instead, right. I think this is sort of like you're saying, it's it's a short story or not, not even a short story, but it's kind of a parable in a way of this is what happened then and this is what's happening now. And we can now extrapolate what's happening later instead of right. kind of showing everything that's happening. Yep. And, and and it is short. It is a very short movie. So, I mean, that's where the pacing and stuff, you know, if it was longer, I don't know, it, it that could be, um, that could, that could be worse for it in a way, uh, it, with the style that, that it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you want to talk quickly about Jesse Eisenberg because he's <laughs> yeah. a big name in this and yeah. he's executive in... producer too. Oh, okay. That makes a little more sense. He's in exactly three scenes. Yep. And they're not particularly useful scenes. He literally plays a character that could be played by anyone. So maybe he's just like throwing his name on this because he really admires the project. I don't know. That's what that's what I would assume. Um, You know, it's Jesse Eisenberg. So when he pops up, it's really hard as an audience member not to be like, hey, it's Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. (laughs) And be excited by that. Uh, uh, I am. I'm a fan. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But he, he, he is sort of in a in a in a role where he has very little to do, but in some ways that speaks for the film because it's so focused on its two main characters and and its protagonist mainly. Right. But, but it's two main characters that um, there's really not like white characters in it. (laughs) Like not very many, they're very supporting role characters. And and that's, that's part of what's exciting about it. I think Um, it's not something you see um, a lot. It's the kind of thing I want to see at Sundance and uh, he's in it. Jesse Eisenberg, but I think that's okay that it's a few. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's a great film. I think we'd both definitely recommend that you check it out. Chris, to close us out, um, I'm just trying to ask these dumb little running related questions since we are the Movie Marathoners podcast. But to be frank, I can't come up with a really good one off the top of my head. So I'm going to ask a very obvious one. I would be surprised if you didn't pick the answer that I think you're going to pick. But if you had to run a marathon, would you rather run it with Makwa or Teto? Well, I don't know if I can run a marathon at all, but if I had <laughs> to, uh, Teto, give 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 me Teto. I gotta I gotta find out what happened. Uh, you know, during that lapse of time in the movie. 
Yeah. What an absolutely nice guy. I think I would be a little concerned if you picked Makwa, but um, <laughs> this is the crux of doing this episode literally five minutes after the movie ends. So maybe right. I'll come up with something better and I'll uh, I'll tweet you at it. But Chris, thank you so much for joining me. Um, where can people find your work online? Uh, so I, I, I am creating film cre- uh, film related content on Twitch as best as I can. That That's at uh, at Alsikan, A-L-S-I-K-K-A-N. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter, which is uh, at Alsikan TV. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, thank you. This has been a Movie Marathoner's Sundance 5K series episode reviewing Wild Indian. Be sure to stay tuned for more Sundance coverage, and you can find all of our Sundance 5K series and the main feature episodes of Movie Marathoners, part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, at our website, evergreenpodcasts.com slash movie dash marathoners or wherever you listen to podcasts thanks so much for listening and remember that life's a marathon so let's take it one movie at a time my name is cindy burnett and each week i interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast thoughts from a page We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out.